You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And good morning. It is another wonderful day here in the Brooklyn, New York, the BK. Uh, we got sunshine this morning. We're going up to a high of, are you ready, Dr. Hughes? A high of, <laughs> you all should see her. A high of 78 today. Oh, my oh, God. Man, that's good. We are busting out the thermometer, <laughs> the bare barometer, whichever one you use. And we are pushing up. We were at 62 yesterday. It's, that's funny because y'all's high is where we currently are. It's 79. You know what? But the other day, I was just like, oh, no. When I woke up one day last week, I think it was, it was like 86 at 7 o'clock in the morning. I was like, I can't. I can't do it. This is just wrong. So, uh, yeah, the real feel is 89, and we're supposed to get a high of 88. But but with that said, we're also supposed to be getting a bunch of a round of thunderstorms. We had a set. Again, you guys have been saturated. It's been waterlogged. Everybody's fingers should have prunes on them by now. Well, you know, the good thing is we've been getting breaks in the day. So it's, at least it's not been like a, like a couple of weeks ago. It was every day for almost two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now it might be every day or every other day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it'll only rain for a few hours or maybe even a few minutes and it'll pass. And then, you know, enough to where it can dry up a little bit and then, you know, come back again. So it's just, you know, it's, it's the season. And yeah. so they're forecasting that our, quote, hurricane storm season will be the same as last year, but not as, you know, they're not expecting anything. Not as severe. Hard to hit us. Yeah. yeah, not as severe. So I'm just going like, turn around, just go back out to sea because we got, <laughs> don't want to be bothered. Puerto Rico still has not recovered. I mean, some nope. people lost their lives last year. They're still in recovery efforts mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a while for the Caribbean to get back up. Yeah, New like, Orleans is yeah. still in recovery. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Years ago. Exactly. <laughs> so if you just, It's unfortunate, but yeah. Well, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I know you're like, What show is this? Well, you're listening (laughs) to Business in Black, and we're a weekly podcast that talks all things starting, growing, and building a better business. We always start out with a little weather report. I'm here, your host, Anita Harris, in uh, Brooklyn, New York, joined by our lovely co host, Dr. Latanya Hughes, down in southern, sunny Miami. Florida. Yay. And um, we're just two women who like to get together and gab about business. We started doing this a long time ago. Over tea? Over Over tea. tea. Over (laughs) hot chocolate, over (laughs) burger five burgers. Uh, And we decided to bring it to the podcast so that you can Take plate, partake rather, uh, and have a seat at the table with us. And um, you know, we've grown. Uh, it's an amazing thing when you look at the light up board on our podcast hosting site, and it goes from one United States to about ten different countries now that are tuning in to the show in any length of time. We thank you for that. We thank you for listening. Um, and so it's just good to bring good information to people that they can really potentially use to help their businesses in ways maybe they've never thought of before. I've been doing business development for, gosh, I hate even to say it, but 20 plus years sales and marketing. And Dr. Hughes has been teaching and has a business and, you know, for equally as long. And so we just enjoy to, um, and we enjoy bringing fresh insight and news everywhere we went. It's funny because when we met everywhere we would go networking, we would always be the mouths and everybody would be like tuned in. So it was kind of like we were a radio show on the road because right. every event we'd go to, we would just start dropping knowledge. And then, you know, one day I finally called her and she, her response people wasn't, oh, that's a great idea. I think we should move forward. Hers was, well, it's about time. So we're finally, well, now, well. <laughs> we're finally recording these so you can come back and listen to them time and time again. Um, today is a really 
uh, as I hardly segue, that was a horrible segue, but whatever, we're moving right along. Um, today is a day of uh, a show that I felt like was a good time. Dr. Hughes reminded me it was a good time to, to do this particular show. We're going to call it When to Call It Quits. Um, I just went to Lord & Taylor the other day, Dr. Hughes, down on 35th and 5th in Manhattan and sitting there trying some shoes on and the ladies say, oh, you know, this store is going to close in a year. And I'm like, oh, I love this particular location because that's the that's like the 34th Street Macy's. Right. So it's got the largest shoe department. It's got the largest just every department and they're closing. And so as we began discussing that, you know, we have a lot of businesses that are closing or have closed borders, Toys R Us, Blockbuster. Um, uh, what was the sporting good place that closed? Dick's. Dick's? No, no was- not Dick's. It was um, Sports Authority. Sports Authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports yeah, yeah, Authority. Yeah. Uh, we see it. Uh, um, Hanover Fist. Nationwide stores. Huge. Kmart. Myth. Kmart is dwindling, if not closed. But I still think they have an online presence, if anything. Right. And they're shifting from the physical space into the digital space. Some weren't so lucky to shift, like a blockbuster did not shift from the physical to the digital space. Mm-hmm. But the huge behemoth of companies that we've seen built that are now these artifacts. Right. That are now these ancient ruins of businesses that are no longer in existence. And I'm sure when they built it, they never thought that day would come. Right. Uh, But every good business owner who starts a business should always in the back of their mind have a contingency plan. And we'll get to that during the show of what happens if the the inevitable happens. And what 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 game strategy do you want to play it out on? Right. Sell it. Do you want to. Just close it. What are you going to do, especially if you have investors involved? So, um, you know, it's just a very interesting time as we see big boxes coming down. And it's really making way for two things you see. It's making way for more local, Mm -hmm. but it's also making way for huge conglomerates and you don't know it, which is scary to me. Right. For example, I was in the mall the other day and in the mall, I see Gap, I see Old Navy, I see Learner New York, I see, um, you know, like some of these stores that have been around forever, but guess what? They're all pretty much owned by the same conglomerate. Mm-hmm. It's just like Procter and Gamble owns, and you think, okay, if I go drink Dasani water, I'm getting away from Coca-Cola products. And guess what? Hello, Coca-Cola owns Dasani water. They own Honest Tea Company now. They own Adwella. So you really have to do research sometimes if you're looking to shop local or looking for um, smaller opportunities to um, diversify your shopping needs because they'll trick you in a minute and you'll never be the wiser. You'll think it's a cool, fresh, new company and just like... Just a different um, brand. Mm -hmm. Just a different brand name. Just a different line in their portfolio. Yeah, because they're trying to capture um, as much of the market as possible. So what they do is they brand all of these things differently to make you think that it's something new. When, like Ms. Harris said, it's really not, um, you know, you know, Kanye West went on a rant a few weeks ago and, you know, and um, people have been replaying a lot of old, you know, videos from him. And he said he invested a lot of his own money into fashion because most of the fashion houses are only owned by by two, maybe three companies. Yep. So you think, like Ms. Harris said, is different. No, no, no. All of them are pretty much owned mm-hmm. by the same conglomerates, but we don't know that. Yep. And so if you, when it comes to fashion, if you really want to support local or small, you really need to, you know, like she said, do your research, but support somebody who's probably right down the street that you're sitting there in your um, 
at your local farmer's market or flea market who's sitting there with a sewing machine because you know that they're mm-hmm, mm-hmm. versus, you know, when you hit the mall, there's no telling where that's coming from. Right. And and one flag that will indicate it's local or it's not conglomerate owned is the price is going to be more. Mm-hmm. Pricing, listen to what I'm telling you, pricing is cheap for those who can afford to buy in heavy bulk, heavy mm-hmm. bulk. Mm-hmm. They can afford to drive the price down to mere pennies because they buy in containers. They don't even talk about pallets. Mm -hmm. They don't even talk about boxes. They talk about the shipload full of containers that they're purchasing widgets in. And the reason why we want diversity is because it stimulates a market. Think about it. There's only two, I think they said, left major chicken uh, manufacturers slash producers in uh, supplying the entire United States. Two, two, mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting as far as I'm concerned. All these local mom and pop farms have gone by the wayside, mm-hmm. which is why you have rights of uh, activists like PETA and all of those people jumping in saying, hey, humane treatment of animals. Um, because of the conglomerate way of doing things is way less humane than the way that uh, conglomerates will do it because they do it not only to whatever product they're producing, but they also do it to their people. As we know, uh, people who work at the manufacturing plants in foreign countries will uh, have been reported to be in diapers and all of that because they've never been able to take breaks during their 16-hour shift. Well, if you think about it, we had the same situation here in Florida. It was on the West Coast. Let me be clear. It was on the West Coast. Tomato farms. But the tomato farms. Uh-huh. And, and not only in the working conditions, but in the way that those people were paid. It's, it was pretty much, uh, I can't even say it was tenant farming. You you can't you, you could you can't even call it tenant farming. And so what we're saying to you, we're not bashing people, but you need to be informed about you know your purchasing power and what you support while you're in business. Because if you're a food, you're in food and you're sourcing your food and tomatoes, you need to really think about, you know, where are you sourcing your tomatoes from? You know, same thing. I'm, I just told Miss Harris, I'm here in Florida. I went to the store last night thinking I'm going to get me some fruit. Not very many options. And we, it's mango season here. But in the grocery store, they had mangoes from Guatemala. Why? Why? <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny and I'm not, not, not throwing shade, but this is Florida. It's mango season, but you're sourcing in mangoes from Guatemala. Mm-hmm. So what about local farmers? Mm-hmm. Which is why I go to farmers markets, right? Because I, but you have to think about these these kinds of things, and because when you don't, guess what? It's the small businesses, it's the local farmers that are supporting your community. They're the ones who are employing people in your community, not these large conglomerates from around the world who are buying, like Miss Tara said, widgets in containers. Mm-hmm. Because now at that point, you're no longer supporting even the American economy. You're supporting a foreign country. And there, which no problem there. I'm not listening. I'm not, but looking at the state of affairs in America right now, you, we need all the support we can get to support our economy. Well, and it makes it <clears throat> even more to the point in the conversation that we're having, in case you're wondering why we're rambling, we're not, even more to the point of understanding why you should fork out the money mm-hmm. to support the local business. Right. That's what this is about. This is about you as a business owner having to price at $15 for your root beer when somebody else can price at $6 because yours is bottled and made, brewed and bottled in Brooklyn versus it's a conglomerate that has a warehouse that does triple the amount that you do in three seconds, you know? And so it's about the where the money is going. Like she just said, like Dr. Hughes just said, it's filtering back into the our actual economy when you, because not only... Excuse me, Dr. Hughes, are we supporting foreign countries by doing that? 
We're giving tax breaks to the big conglomerates who are doing that. Who aren't giving anything who back to your community. doing anything for the community. They're taking their money and they're running and they're hiding and they're not paying taxes. And mm-hmm. it's a whole cycle. So you mm-hmm. really have to understand, you know, is it worth you not paying the extra $5, $7, $3 because you're going to get, you're going to get a, a better price. We've been so price um, brainwashed, brainwashed. Thank you. That's exactly the word price brainwashed that we have to get it cheaper, um, cheaper, cheaper. We don't even talk about better anymore. We don't talk about quality anymore. Mm -hmm. We just talk about price, 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 because if I can drive my price down and source it from a foreign entity, then I can get you as a consumer. And that's Mm -hmm. a dangerous place to be in. And so what it does for you as the business owner is it forces you to have to look at options as to where am I going to sell? How, because if I can't compete on the shelf space, right, oh, yeah. and all the things that come along with shelf wars and all of that, if I can't compete on the shelf space and it's difficult to compete in the digital space, mm-hmm. I'm left with farmer's markets and a local space, which pushes my market down, which my potential purchasing power or, or, or earning power, rather, is much um, less than what it could be. Right. So just some things to think about as to this topic. We, we're going to have to take a quick break. It's, we haven't even gotten into the first thing of when to call it quits, but hopefully <laughs> this is framing, um, framing the conversation that we're going to go into um, when we come back from a little break. You're listening to Business in Black, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And we're back with Business in Black. And today we're talking about, and I promise we're going to get into it now, uh, <laughs> when to call it quits in your business. Um, it's a hard decision, Dr. Hughes. Absolutely. I had to do it. Um, it's a really hard decision because you have humbling. this idea that your baby and you're basically having to have a moratorium for your baby. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a humbling friends. experience, but it's also a learning experience. Oh, and, for sure. You know, you can always, let me tell you something. I love JCPenney, not just for the products and stuff. Um, because I, you know, I don't get everything from there, but, um, I love how they just came back to life. Uh-huh. It's the Phoenix for sure. And, uh, you know, and one thing about pennies that, that they never really let go of, but people didn't know that was the catalog. Uh-huh. And guess what's coming back around? Let me tell you something. Everything has a cycle. Right. We were just talking offline. about The farmer's farmer's almanac is never wrong. Mm -hmm. Everything has a cycle. Mm -hmm. And so things come back around full circle. And sure enough, look at what's happening. Um, I don't care how much you have online. Online is very competitive. But guess what? Folks are still shopping catalogs. And in person. And in person. Why? Because... Again, it's from buying all of these widgets and things in bulk mm-hmm. by the containers that now you, the quality isn't there or, yep. you know, by the time you get it, the fit is different because it's from a different country and their fit is, their large is not the same as our large. And right. So, and so guess what? It's not the same fit. I've always been the one, if I'm going to buy online, I'm still going in the store. Yep. I need to know if it's true to size. I need to know, you know, certain things. There's certain things I'm just not buying. You on can't one. feel quality through the Correct, because you come in and now the fabric is different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you have, you first thing I personally want to tell you is you have the advantage. You may think that your small mom and pop business doesn't have it. You got the advantage over mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you have the value and the quality. You just need the information. You need the knowledge to learn how to position what you have to offer so that people can experience the value and quality of what you have. Right. And like she said, um, we were talking offline about... the cycles in just the natural course of nature and, and trees and the, the land. And there are seasons where the land needs to rest. 
And those seasons may be years. It may not be a six-month cycle. It might be a whole year or two that the land just needs to regenerate and nutrients need to be reestablished and and the land needs to become refertilized. And that's a hard thing because sometimes the business isn't about quitting it. Sometimes it's about putting it on the shelf and waiting until God says, now's the right time. Because sometimes, like my holistic, um, I call her my well um functional doctor she's a doctor down in south florida who does not prescribe pharmaceuticals she only prescribes what to stop eating what to eat more of to help the body regenerate well she was telling me her story of she's been doing this for 20 years dr hughes and when she first started saying it's what you eat it's what you eat it's what you eat people in the medical society of course started calling her crazy like Dr. CB. And they started saying, no, no, no. You know, of course, because big pharma needs to sell. But so she stuck with that. And so now what are we seeing? That surgence of everybody's talking about it's what you eat. Not just Dr. CB, not just her. Their whole website's dedicated to getting people healthy in a different way. So sometimes God just wants you to put it on the shelf. Come on. So that you can wait and the time can catch up to you so that when you're ready to present your idea, it can be received. Because sometimes it's just about it's not a bad idea. You're just out of time. Right. And then sometimes it's just not the idea for you. Think about farmers like we were we were talking offline. Farmers sometimes have to destroy their own crops. Mm hmm. It's just a natural, it's just, sometimes you got to destroy your baby. You have to destroy your idea because it's, it's like Ms. Harris said, it's not the right time. People aren't ready. You have to understand with the market, You, if you're ahead of your time, well, when you are ahead of your time, people can't always receive your vision. At all. Look at Oprah. Mm-hmm. Look at Vera Wayne. Some people... Listen, it wasn't the time, but honey, when that time came, look at look at the success. See, we, you have to look at the journey and the process is different for everybody. But when you get there, you get there and, and there are things you have to do to maintain it. So just... And I'm glad you said the Oprah reference, because I don't know if you saw the interview that Gail did with her as they open up the African-American exhibit. Yeah, they got a uh, behind-the-scenes peek. And one thing she said when Oprah was walking through as they filmed her, she said, I was born at the right time. Right. And that just stuck out to me. And now for you to come and call her name specifically, Further clarifies, she was born at the right time, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. she had to grow into the right time for God to reveal her gifts and talents. Exactly. Because she was born in civil rights and a lot, you know, it was difficult to have black people on the air at that time to see prospering black people, but she, God gave her a vision. And so she was born at the right time, Mm -hmm. but she had to wait. Because she knew she wanted to be on TV, but she had to wait for that time to come around and match her destiny. And And oftentimes we don't want to. Listen, and she failed several times. too. Absolutely. Understand that, you know, your story and your process isn't the same as the next person. But keep at it. Do not quit. So if you got to destroy your crop, for instance, Mm -hmm. it's all right. It's not going to be the end of the world because guess what? Look at Oprah. Look at the Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry was it was homeless in his car. Right. Vera Wang didn't get, didn't get her start, her success mm-hmm. until late in the game. Right. Listen. Don't don't despite the small beginnings and the time that you've put in to make what you're supposed to make happen. Exactly. Because you had to learn something through those failures. Yes. And that in itself is success. Listen, at Barbara yeah. Corcoran will tell you in a minute, she loves failure because it creates an environment for you yep. to be creative and innovative. Right. And I think it was Edison that said he figured out the 3,000 ways, ways yeah. not to, to make the light, bro. Right. All he needed was one. Just put a so, right, the right spin on it. Don't right. turn that negative into a positive. Yep. Shift the saying. mindset. So when mm-hmm. when should you call it quits, Doctor Hughes? Um, I'm going to lead it off with. Go ahead. Um, I mean, we've already been leading it off. But <laughs> one that hits home to me personally, which is when your health has gone south. Mm-hmm. So that was my issue. Um, mm-hmm. I had investors that I. Um, raised money with and I had a, um, a food company down in South Florida and I would say the storm was twofold number one I had been injured 
I was rear-ended twice in nine months Mm. and had slipped discs in my neck in pain constantly on painkillers. I never told my investors, but I just couldn't do the physical labor for a food business the Mm. way I needed to. And that was the biggest portion because I couldn't get out and sell. Right. And if you can't get out and sell your own product, then you have nothing. If you can't go get customers, I was in so much pain that I I just could not function normally on a day to day. Um, And so that was the biggest overall decision. Um, The, the, the effect of that was the fact that I couldn't get out and sell. So no sales equals no money. And when you start running through your burn ratio at a greater uh, speed than what you thought, than what you originally calculated, that will, bring your your business down to its knees. And so I finally had to make the decision to pull the plug, which was not easy at all. Mm -hmm. So when your personal health starts suffering and you're working 16 hour days and you can't seem to get over that cold or get over an ailment or whatever the case that you might be suffering with, mm, that might be an indication that it's time to pull away from that business and redirect and allow. Now, I would love to get back into my business because I think it was a fantastic business. It was tasting great. You know, people loved it, but I'd have to do it in a whole different fashion with a whole lot of money behind it where I didn't have to do any of the labor. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, that is, is, is no longer for me. And it's the reality for a lot of people whose health just suffered. And we don't know when your health is going to suffer. I had no plans to move to South Florida and get rear-ended twice within a year. Um, But things happen. Cancer comes out of nowhere or a stroke or a heart attack or, you know, whatever. And then the next thing you know, wacko, done, business, over. So when your personal health has gone south, um, it's probably time to take time away from your business and take time and push that energy into yourself and healing yourself and, and getting well. I mean, that's good. That's uh, good. I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to tag you today. <laughs> uh, this one to me is a big one. And, and it's the same reason why people change careers and jobs. You're not enjoying it anymore. Mm. When it's not fun anymore, you're not going to even put the effort in, let alone the same level of effort because it's no longer fun. Am I saying it's going to be fun all the time? No. Am I saying you're going to enjoy it all the time? No. There's going to be some down periods, but when you're not enjoying it more often than not to the point that you're just kind of like dreading getting up, you don't even want to see your bit, you know what I mean? When it's at that level where it's really, I mean, you're overly working yourself, it's insane hours, you know, you, fr- you mm-mm. not mm-mm. even wanting to get out the bed in the morning mm-hmm. for your own, for your own business, your own business, right? This is not even to check into somebody else. This is for your own yeah. stuff. That's when it's time to go and call it quits. Because at that point, whose time are you wasting? You're wasting more and money. You're wasting time, money, energy, and your health for why? Not even for what, for why? Because now your why is no longer in play. Your why is gone. Right. Yeah. Um, When the love is gone, the love is just gone. There you go. And when you don't love it anymore, it's probably best to leave it. Didn't they make a song about it? You got to love it or leave it alone. (laughs) So (laughs) so (laughs) you're probably going to have to leave it alone. And um, because one thing that can't be taught is passion as an entrepreneur. And you have to be passionate about what you're doing to get up and convince other people about your service and or product. Product. Mm -hmm. And when that is gone, people can tell. Right. Because people People are buying it. Yeah. And they can feel your energy and they can feel the strain it's having on you. And so they don't want to invest in something that's going to be like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, when it's gone, 
Let it go. Like what B.B. King said, the thrill is gone. The thrill is gone, honey. Let me explain something to you. That, that's that's real. Like you, you, it might be a sound song lyric, whatever, but understand that it's real. It's really real. It's serious. When the thrill in your business is gone, you have a problem that you have to really, and don't be in denial to yourself about the thrill being gone in your business. Right. As you should not be. Because your burn rate is going to incrementally increase. Right. You'll be taking more time off than you will be working. And Mm -hmm. so if the funnel doesn't stay full... Listen, you'll make costly decisions. You'll be thinking, I need to buy this. And when you really don't need to buy that. Right. And don't don't mistake what we're saying for you reaching the pinnacle of your business where it's just self-generating. That's two different things. Right. We're talking about you no longer feel like you can invest anything into your own business. Right. When you when you ain't when you don't even have energy or want to be bothered in your business, that's what we're saying. We ain't talking about you're at the point where you're getting ready to sell your business. We're not we're not talking about or you that. can choose who you want to work with or who you don't want to work right. with. Right. We're we're not talking about that. That's mm-mm. mm-mm. We're talking about full on, I'm disgusted with my own business. I don't want to be bothered no more. I don't want to get out of the bed. I don't want to talk to no customers. I don't want to talk to employees. Yeah. That's what and it can happen. Think about like why it can happen. It can happen Mm -hmm. like after the real estate crashed. Listen, that's that's a huge reason. Listen, your Mm -hmm. your industry is having troubles. Mm -hmm. Like we just we we just talked about it. It's very competitive. You know, online. Say you have an online uh, merchandise business. It's very competitive right now in online sales. So guess what? You know, maybe, you know, like she said, the real estate boom or, you know, recession. A lot of people had to close their business because reception, because of the recession, recession, they could not bounce back. Right. There's a lot of different reasons why you're not enjoying it anymore. Why you're not enjoying it anymore. Maybe it's because you can't move your product. Or service. Maybe um, the big guys are pushing you out. Absolutely. And you don't have the support you need to keep going. Right. There's just a lot of reasons why you're no longer enjoying it. It could be that you're going through some personal effects at the time. Yeah. Um, but those kind of are linked together, the health issues and the not enjoying it for, right. for sure. Um, but it's something to consider as you are uh, trying to make a very tough decision right. on when to call it quits in your business. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Business in Black and we'll be right back. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. Alrighty, and we're back for the second half of today's show. You're listening to Business in Black, and we're talking about when to call it quits in your business. Um, so let's talk about uh, what a contingency plan is. We talked a little bit about it earlier on in the show, and I want to make sure that you understand what a, a contingency plan is. So the actual definition of it is um, a plan designed to take a possible future event or circumstance into account. So by definition, a contingency plan um, for a business is um, something that's going to, an event that's going to affect the financial health, the professional image, the market share of a company, um, any of those sorts of things. And that can be good or bad. So you can have contingency plans for when you make a lot, a lot of money. What are you going to do with your business? Are you going to sell it to investors? Are you going to take on venture capitalists and expand it? Are you going to, you know, what are you going to do with it? Or the opposite way, which we're talking about today, when do you call it quits because the business is not being as fruitful as you want it to be? And so, unfortunately, um, for whatever reason, you have to call it quits. And so there's a lot of things you want to consider in that contingency plan. One of them is if you have employees, what do you do with your employees as a small business owner? 
and you're having to call it quits in your business or a large business owner, you know, what did Blockbuster do with all of their people? Were they, did they have the financial resources in the bank to give severance to everybody? Think about that. Blockbuster right. was a huge conglomerate, right? They had the, they had, they literally had the market cornered. They had the market corner. What was the other Hollywood video? Girl, you remember that one? And that wasn't everywhere. They weren't that everywhere. wasn't everywhere, right? Literally, they were not everywhere, right? So, so Blockbuster was like Starbucks, and Hollywood Video was more like Dunkin' Donuts. Not everywhere, right? Right. And so, does everybody get a severance? What does that severance look like for people? Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's the continuity plan that you have in in place if a key holder? So if you're a small business or a large business, if you're in business with your husband or your spouse or your business partner, what happens when one of you dies? That should be in your contingency plan. Very morbid, unfortunately, but that's also why you should have life insurance on your business partner, on your spouse, specifically for business, right? Um, how, what, are, what is the assets going to look like? What, what's the division of assets or how do you secure those or are they bank owned? Do you own them? How do you get rid of them if you need the money? Um, how do you reorganize the business in the contingency plan for a contingency plan? How do you reorganize after bankruptcy? Hmm. These are all hard, 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 hard. Very hard. (laughs) It's not a fun conversation. This is like having the conversation with your parents of making sure their affairs are in order before their untimely demise. You have to get your life insurance in order. You have to get your death insurance in order. You have to get your burial plots in order. You have to do all of those things because the last thing you want to be caught off guard with is you don't know what dress grandma wanted to be buried in Mm. or the flowers or the, you know, so you want these conversations. I've had them with my parents and like, I've had to be like, listen, you know, What's the plan? Do you have a plan? If you have a plan, that's all I need to know. Tell me where it is and when the time is, I'll go to it, you know. But these things should be taken care of. um, And it's not speaking death into existence over your business. It's handling your business. Right. You, you, You should always have some type of exit strategy, whether, and that's one of the things that people... Um, who uh, I've always talked to when it comes to business, they should t- they always ask, what's your exit strategy? Whether it's long-term, I want to stay in this business. Do I want to sell my business? Uh, you know, close when I get ready to, you know, I want me, when I say long-term in the business, ride it out until you retire. Mm-hmm. But even then, are you just going to close the business or sell it? Or right. what is your exit strategy? Sell your own client. Well, that's off. just, right. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. just, that's good business because you have to think about your employees, your vendors, or you know the the legacy of your business, the reputation. All of these things are important. And so, when you don't have an exit strategy, that means the market has an exit strategy for you. Absolutely, because you're not thinking, you're not keeping up with what's happening. Blockbuster's demise was because they did not keep up with the market. You can say the same thing for Books a Million uh-huh. um, and some of the other big bookstores because Borders, the only one uh-huh. still standing, Borders, the only one that's still standing right now is Barnes & Noble, to be honest. Right, right. Nationwide. Because they followed the market. They saw what was happening and started putting those little mini coffee cafes inside the bookstore and making it more, you know, welcoming and inviting and all this other kind of stuff. And so you have to pay attention. Otherwise, guess what? The market will decide for you. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're saying to you. Um, you know, a little tip that we're throwing in things that will cripple your business that will tell you it's time for you to close not keeping up with the market and not having an exit strategy for your business. Absolutely. It will determine it for you. Yes. Because you'll become the dinosaur obsolete. There you go. Absolutely. And not in a quirky, cool video game 
throwback way. That, right. Because they are making a thing that, that, you know, nostalgia is a big mm-hmm. seller, but not for mm-hmm. everybody and not for every, not for everybody and not every product or service. Right. Um, So make sure you have a contingency plan down Mm -hmm. of what you want to do when you're approached by a venture capitalist. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be caught off your heels and say, oh, well, wait. You shouldn't be fumbling. That was fumbling over your words. You should not be fumbling Mm -hmm. over your words to know. You should know clearly, nope, I'm building it to this point. And then I'll entertain or never entertain or whatever. I think of Mark Zuckerberg for that. He stuck to his guns well. Right. Uh, when he was approached on several occasions by several people who saw the momentum of what he was building and he said, nope, 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 nope. And he prospered. Mm-hmm. So you have to know uh, kind of my favorite Kenny Rogers song, know when to hold them and know when mm-hmm. to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to run. You got to know you got to count your cards before you sit at the table. And be able to communicate that. Like Absolutely. You have to be you have to. communicated with confidence and, and, and be resilient. Because again, like Mark Zuckerberg, he was, you think those people weren't resilient and coming back again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Steve Jobs, same thing. Come on, come, come on. You, you don't and think then that. think about that. Once a competitor shows interest and you reject them, what does that make that competitor want to do? So you have to be ready for not just the pushback, but the extra competition, Mm because they may say, screw you, I'll go open my own, right? Right. Or try to sabotage or, you know, just you don't know what people will do. Everybody has something. Everybody has a a, a point. mm -hmm. Look at, um, you know, Facebook bought Instagram. Yeah. Look at all of these different platforms. Why? Because there's more competition. Why? Because there are, these are people who are realizing that there's there's a need. There's something out there. So they're always there's always something happening. Look at the, um, you know, T-Mobile and Sprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, you got to think about all of these different little things. Um, look at everything around you. Just that's right. all we're saying, you know. Right. And again, if you say no to your competitor or even a venture capitalist who doesn't know anything about the industry, but they know they know enough to know that, hey, okay, they don't want to they don't want to take me up on my offer. Let me find someone who is their competitor, and let me see right. if I can find them. Exactly. I know a lady who specifically um, got well, knew she was going to grow her business to a particular point to attract the attention of a larger company to buy her out. That was her whole strategy from the beginning. Mm. She had no desire to put 20, 30 years into it. She Mm. knew she was going to attract to a certain point and then start flirting with potential buyers. And that's exactly what happened for her. Wow. So just know what your contingency plan is uh, as we roll on to another when to call it quits. And I'm going to go with when you love your products more than consumers do. Mm. That means nobody is going to buy or very limited people will buy. Yeah, because you're not paying attention to the market. No. Or you're not touching the right right market. Mm -hmm. You're not getting in front of the right market to build your marketability. And so with no market, uh, no target market uh, supporting, then it makes it very difficult to continue a business that is not turning over product and or service in the manner which you need to sustain a business. And I, let me just say this about that. Um, you know, sometimes it's a matter of uh, you're confusing your brand and your marketing. And so, for instance, if your product or service is supposed to be luxury, but in your marketing, it's not, you're not communicating luxury because people are confused by the, by the brand, you're not going to get the right kind of customers, let alone any customers, because they're confused right. by the brand. And so there's a lot of different things that are, a lot of different factors going on there. So just, just a tidbit too, like Miss Harris said, it's one thing to, okay, you love your product. Yeah, you can love it. And it can be a very good product. It could be better than what's on the market. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the people who are making the money with inferior products, they know their product is inferior and you have a better one. But guess what? They know how to market better. And so they're getting it in front of the right people 
and they're positioning it right. They're making it look good. And even though you could very what Miss Harris has gone through this, we've gone through this. Like, uh, you know, your stuff is legit. Right. But, you know, you're challenged in a lot of different ways to position it right. So you have to make sure that, yeah, you want to keep your enthusiasm and your excitement of your behind your product going. But you got to make sure you don't confuse your brand so that, like she says, you're in front of the right people. Yep. And I'm going to say it again. We said it last show. Go watch. Do yourself a favor and watch the movie Joy. Mm hmm. Because it really helps you to break down all the trials, the tribulations, the hurdles, the obstacles, the the the, the, the courses that you'll have to endure. Um, and not all of them, but she goes through a lot of them from family to investors to um, the, the trying to get it in stores to manufacturers to all of that. Um, of of the landscape, the terrain that's so difficult to get to that successful place. I want to throw in one from the last show that we talked about, we that we gave a tip on, and that's the intern. Oh yeah, absolutely. You might need to be an intern somewhere. Absolutely, learn something. Learn something from someone else. Mm-hmm. And you and 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 what I love about that movie is age doesn't have a thing to do with you being at an all. At all. At all. You never stop learning. The minute you stop learning, I don't know what to tell you. But Dr. Hughes is in your court. When the caller quits. <laughs> well, you know, we kind of talked about a couple of them, but I would say definitely um, when your business can no longer keep going after a recession. Money issues. Yeah. Yep. Um, because, it, it, and, and it, that can be, Anything from, your, you know, industry to, the, you know, your market to, you know, customer churn, all of those things affect you because you, you, you might be working your business, but you're only breaking even. That's not you. It's time to go. You know, if you six months down the road, you're, 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 you got, it's, you're working the business, but you're only breaking even. You got to make a decision or customer churn is just off. You know, you got a bunch of customers, but you're still not making any money. Well, let's let's define breaking even because breaking even is not breaking even. Right. 2018, you break even. In 2019, you're still cranking the same numbers out. You're not breaking even anymore. You're negative. Right. When you start breaking even and you don't you don't you don't make a break Mm -hmm. or you don't make a change, Mm -hmm. you eventually are going to be losing money. Right. Because you, you, you can't just keep, you're not going to keep, because cost of living, all these other different things, you uh-huh. have all of these different factors. So when you start breaking even for six months straight or intermittently, you need, the, the writing is on the wall. Right, right. And you got to read it, pay attention. And like Blockbuster, if you don't make the right change, the market going to make the change for you. Well, and, and even consider like holiday themed businesses, right? right? So there's still a formula for you to understand what your break even is from season to season, because you're not a year round bit 365 business right. it might be a four month business or a right. two month business like Halloween. Right. Mm-hmm. So you might be a short cycle business, but you still have benchmarks because let me tell you, people who go to the um, Dallas fair, the Dallas annual, the one that Oprah went to the Dallas, excuse me, County fair. I think it's what it's called. I haven't been in years with big techs and all of that. There are people, food vendors there that I talked to Dr. Hughes that said they base their entire year off of those six weeks, they can make their entire year, their entire year right. off of the volume that they do in those six weeks and everything else is gravy. So that's I don't the care for the fair. Yeah. For right. you know, South Florida fair, any other. Right. Yeah, that's right. right. Well, that one's just the largest attracting one, I think in right. the United States. And of course, Oprah helped with the, the, the boost of that. But um, so that's a very short cycle business, but mm-hmm. they're able to make their entire year 
off of those six weeks. And then anything outside of that is gravy train. So you, there's a model that you have to use to base uh, the basis for your business, even when it's a short cycle business. So short cycle doesn't mean that you escape the fact that you should still not be breaking even. Right. There's still um, uh, measurements in place to where you need to accomplish to make sure that your business is growing and it's profitable every year after year. Uh, So with that one, we're going to take a little short break and come back and uh, wrap the show up. We hope you've been learning a lot of when to call it quits. It's a hard, difficult conversation, but hey, we have to have it with you. You have to know what your options are and to have a plan for your business because um, otherwise you'll just be uh, at the loss when the loss comes and it, it won't be pretty for you. So you're listening to Business in Black and we'll be okay. You're listening to Business in Black with your host, Danita Harris. And we're back with Business in Black. And um, today's been a good but difficult conversation, Dr. Hughes, on when to call it quits in your business. It's never anything that anyone really ultimately wants. I think everybody probably wants the buyout. <laughs> to be bought out for millions in their business, but sometimes that's just not the reality um, that people face in having to make that decision to lay people off, to close the doors, to go get a job. Um, it's just a, a difficult time, um, but hopefully you'll take the advice of having a contingency plan, uh, and, and and in that contingency plan, put down some hard numbers. Hard numbers that are like, okay, if the, like Dr. Hughes said in the last segment, if the business is not turning X profit in in three months, in six months, then what do we do? That's really what a contingency plan is along with the the morbidity of, okay, if my partner dies or if, you know, um, X, Y, Z, the market falls out or whatever the case may be, you have those as long as well. But, um, you know, it's never an easy thing to be a mom and pop business and have a personal relationship with your employees and have to hand them a pink slip um, with nothing. Yeah. A pink slip yeah. with nothing behind it. No contingent, no severance, no nothing. Um, so it's hard enough to make the decision for yourself of when to call it quits, let alone when you're entertaining employees. And um, we're just trying to make the process in your brain a little less painful. Right. Um, so we can give you some tips on maybe choosing the time. Um, but one of the reasons why it might be time for you to call it quits is because you're expressing frustration with customers and employees. Mm, mm, mm. Back to that uh, health issues we were talking about are, are not enjoying it anymore, but right. you, you're literally lashing out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your partners and your employees and your customers and you're having fits of rage and tantrums and stress that is surmounted that, you know, it's like you're, you're Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde on any given day. Right. That right. might be time for you to say, it's time for me to do something different. Exactly. Or time for me to step back from responsibilities in certain manners. And give up to your business partner, if you have one, certain responsibilities. So, um, you know, we're all in business to do a service for people, whether that's a provision of food or shoes or medical services or what have you. And if you can no longer do that effectively without damaging your credibility, because like Dr. Hughes and I say all the time, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And if they no longer like you because you're lashing out, it's going to start highly negatively affecting your business. Listen, there is no shame in taking time off from your business. Mm-hmm. But just like we said in the previous segment, have a succession plan, have something in place so that God forbid, if anything happens to you, things can still function um, along the way. I think sometimes um, entrepreneurs especially think that they have to be there and they have to touch every single aspect of their business. And that's just not realistic. And sometimes um, one, of, one of the things I love about Barbara Corcoran, um, she shared some advice on you have to find 
a partner that's a balance for you. So if you're an introvert, you need an extrovert. Right. You got to have, it's just like fitting puzzle pieces together. It's just like fitting pieces together. Mm -hmm. For the years to to crank on, they have to fit in between each other to keep rolling. Mm -hmm. The cogs have to keep fitting together. You you can't, you know, a well-oiled machine and all this other, all of these cliches, all of that happens because there's more than one person involved in the business. Mm-hmm. And there's no shame in taking time away from your business and entrusting your business to someone else till you can reboot. Yep, absolutely. And with that, you're next. I forgot what mine was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. I said so, uh, so much good stuff offline. Oh my gosh. I know. Let me find it for you real quick. Oh, my quick. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember what I said about, you know, uh, you know, breaking even and all that kind of good stuff. And Oh, my God. Flexible. You got you to gotta be able to know how to move with your market. And, oh, downsizing. Um, sometimes we're doing too much in our business. Too much to handle was yeah. yours. Yeah. It's too much to handle. When, when your business becomes too much for you to handle mm-hmm. because you got too many moving parts or you got this, you got that, you, it's probably time. Um, or maybe it's time to scale back. Maybe you have, your business has two different branches. You got twins, twin babies in your business. Right. Right. Maybe you need to, you know, kind of lay one down. So you can focus on one, you know, maybe you need to get back to the basics or maybe you need to put the basics down and transition to the market. Again, think Blockbuster. They didn't they want to stay where they were. They didn't want to grow the baby. They didn't transition to the right to the next thing versus some like J.C. Penney, who is putting down what they had and going back to the beginning where they began with the catalog. You have to know how to focus and manage and handle the two. You got to know how to handle your bit. But if it becomes too big for you to handle, too much for you to handle, mm-hmm. might be time to lay it down. And, and maybe when it grows to a point that you can no longer handle it, maybe it's okay to, to sell it. Listen, I, I think about when Queen Latifah's character in Living Single had to finally sell her magazine to a bigger conglomerate. She had so many fears. Right. But when, when it all came, was all said and done, it was the best decision because she had the capital she needed to fix, to have working equipment and to meet payroll and all these different things. And she still had creative, she didn't lose any of her create, you know, creative license. Sometimes we have those fears. Right. But sometimes you got to face those fears because what is the alternative? And she was faced with the alternative of not having a magazine at all. My question, you know, my charge to you is what is your greatest fear? What is the, what is the alternative worth to you? Right. And handling, handing your, handing your baby off. Yeah. It's, how you it's just too much. Right. And, 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 and that may be in a lot of respects because it, that may not be your forte. Listen, there are a lot of small business owners who are in business because they love engineering. They right. love cooking. They love cobblery. They love, you know, f- food manufacturing. They may not be business people. So right. when it becomes too cumbersome to have to take on the twin, which is the business side, right? right? You can't have your, your cobbler business without being a business businessmen, right? So when it comes too much to take on the business side, it may not even be about you calling it quits from a holistic standpoint. It may be about you calling it quits from the business side and you just sticking to your lane of what you love to do and you hiring a business manager. Right. So there's a lot of ways to look at it in that particular example mm-hmm. of are you calling it quits in totality? Are you calling it quits because you need to focus back on your craft on what God mm-hmm. skilled you to do and you may need to and maybe you don't have the opportunity to bring on a, a financial partner or to bring on a business partner but and that may cause you to close down completely but think about it in terms of that of like listen I just I like masonry I just like building stuff with stone and bricks. I don't want to have to deal with customers. I don't want to have to deal with employees. I just want to go and send me to the job and I'll build it. Right. So um, if it's too much in that sense, it might be time to find either a business manager or to call it quits. That's up to you. But um, And as we wind down, I got one more. 
I think I'm going to do, you've lost the vision. Hmm. Overall, you've lost vision and sight and kind of comes back to what you said before. You're not enjoying it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's kind of blurry. It's not as clearly defined anymore. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of like, meh, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and you just lost that loving feeling for the business. Um, You've lost that ability to want to take on the journey. Right. To discover more in the business. Um, it, it's, it's infinite space and it feels like it's overwhelming at this point. Right. Might be time to call it quits because you're just kind of like floating out in space. Nobody wants to be floating out lost in space. Right. You know, everybody wants to be pointed on a path, at least a path that we think is going to lead toward the end that we desire that might shift here or there, but just to be aimlessly floating, that's not a good feeling, especially in business um, or in life, but uh, especially in business. And so it might be time to call it quits when you just kind of spaced out and it's no longer defined. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, people don't understand the power of vision. And uh, again, you got to have your own why. And when, 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 when that's no longer enough, because sometimes you lose vision because your why is no longer enough. Right. And, um, you know, that's a telltale sign as well. So you, you have to know, you know, uh, what's your why. And, you know, when your why changes, because, in reality, life happens and your why just might change. You, you know, you got to face that and be honest with yourself because at the end of the day, you're not just hurting you, you're hurting employees, you're hurting mm-hmm. you know, um, investors and some of them want their money. It's right. like that commercial. I I don't get. I want my money. It's my money, and I want it now. Right. Uh, so you have to think about all of these different dynamics. And so, when your why shifts, it changes. When you know the vision, you've lost it because that passion, that fire that you once had before, because of, you know, like Miss Harris said, just life happens. Personal things happen. Um. Then a lot of times, sometimes those things are outside of your control. What do you do? Um. You gotta you gotta have a response. Um. Because it's real. Yeah, it is. And that could be life, a birth of a child. That could be death, a death of a family member. That could be just a shift, the ebbs and flows of life that just push and pull you. Um, and like you say, life happens. You could lose your job and no longer have the funding to continue your business. Right. There's all sorts of reasons why people call it quits in their business endeavors. But at the end of it, know that having a failed business doesn't mean that you're a failure. Right. At the end of it, know that sometimes not a no means not right now. Right. Sometimes it's not a a, a moratorium indefinitely. Sometimes that thing can be reborn like Barnes and Noble was. Listen, Um, you know. (laughs) Sometimes calling it quits doesn't mean indefinitely, but maybe Mm -hmm. just for a season. Right. So in that, you have to be really in tune with yourself and uh, God and your your spiritualness to know and understand. You have to be in tune with consumers and Mm -hmm. the marketplace and the economy to really understand the climate of what's going on around and what to launch next. Right. You know, a lot of this is not happenstance. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really believe that, you know, it's a timing, like we said, in the marketplace, what people are ready to receive on right. and all of those like perfect storms just coming together to thwart your ideas and your visions into the next level. Listen, all of that's perfect. I mean, again, let's learn from Oprah. Mm-hmm. You just you have to know that you're born at the right time, right. and it's a matter of stepping into it. She over had to come overcome a lot of obstacles, but you know what? Though all of those slam doors and getting terminated, fired from her job, did all it did was teach her something. It taught her resiliency. It she what what are you learning from closing your business? Right. You know you what are you learning from this failed opportunity? Because there's always something you can take away from it. Nothing is ever lost. Okay, nothing is ever lost. 
there's always a gain, even if it looks like it's lost. You've never lost anything. That's what Newton told us. Energy is never lost or destroyed. It's simply transferred from one place to the next. So where did it transfer to and how can you capitalize on that? on where it is next. And that's all we're saying to you is maybe right now, you know, because life has happened, whether it's around you, whether it's something directly, uh, you know, going on in your life or indirectly, you know, maybe your neighborhood caught fire, like what happened in um, Baltimore those years ago with those riots and stuff. Guess what? Mm -hmm. All of those family mom and pop businesses, they did, the insurance was not enough Mm -hmm. to start that business back up. It was just enough for them to just kind of just close down and, and recoup mm-hmm. losses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that was a situation that was outside of their control, but guess what? It doesn't mean that they, it might've been an opportunity for them to go do something else somewhere else or enjoy retirement or something. Right. But you have to know that everything isn't always directly about you not having passion or vision, but it could have been like some of the other examples. But again, you've lost nothing. You just have right. to, look at what's next for you and walk in that vein. Maybe you're a JC Penny. Right. And a you rebirth know? is on the way. Right. Maybe you're like um Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe you're Redbox. Maybe you're Netflix. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. these are opportunities. Like, it's just like Barbara Corkins said, failure is an opportunity for innovation and creativity. That's good. And on that note, I don't think I have anything left to say. How can you come from that? (laughs) So we thank you, as usual, for listening to Business in Black. Uh, We're a weekly podcast that talks all things starting, growing, and building a better business for you. We thank you for listening and have a great day. Until next time.